Welcome to Lose Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is, is the United States on the verge of collapse? Now, there is different criteria and perspectives may lead to actual different conclusions. However, some sources have suggested that the U.S. may face challenges to its global leadership and influence in the coming years, especially from China, which is rapidly rising as a major economic and military power. One source that predicts the U.S. will lose its superpower status by 2030, so when you think about it, that's only in seven more years. Now, this is a report by the National Intelligence Council which is a group of senior experts that provide analysis and advice to the U.S. intelligence community. The report, which was titled Global Trends 2030 Alternative Worlds, was actually published in 2012 and projected various scenarios for the future of the world order. Now, the report stated that no country whether the U.S., China, or any other large country will be a hegemonic power by 2030. Instead, the report envisioned a multipolar world where power will shift to networks and coalitions of states, non-state actors, and individuals. Another source that argues that the U.S. is losing its super um, power status to China is an opinion piece by Abigail Ross Hopper and Tom uh, Steyer, which was published in The Independent in February of 2022. Now, these authors actually claim that China has outspent and outperformed the U.S. in the field of clean energy, which they consider to be the defining challenge of our time and the key to unlocking economic growth and prosperity in the 21st century. They actually cited um, statistics that show that China invested nearly twice as much as the U.S. in energy transition-related projects between 2010 and 2020, and that China leads the world in renewable energy employment. They urged the U.S. to invest more in domestic manufacturing of clean energy technologies and to adopt more ambitious climate policies in order to regain its competitive edge and global leadership role. Now, I don't even know if I believe this article, actually, because if you ever look at videos of current China weather or atmosphere, all you actually see is smog and um, a huge yellow visibility within uh, whichever city or country or part area that you look in for China. And it doesn't seem like renewable energy to me, but hey, you know what? I didn't even write that article, but that's what it's showing on the Internet. Now, however, not everyone agrees that the U.S. is actually losing its super um, power status or that China will surpass it anytime soon. Some sources actually point out that the U.S. still has many advantages over China and other potential rivals, such as its military strength, its technological um, innovation, its cultural influence, its political stability, 
its alliance system, and its resilience economy. For example, an article by Stan Grant, which was published in ABC News in June of, um, I think it was 2019, argues that the U.S. is still the world's only superpower, while China is still an emerging power with many challenges and limitations. Now, Grant actually cited factors such as China's aging population, its environmental problems, and its debt burden. It's also um, its lack of democracy, its human uh, rights violations, and its regional disputes as reasons why China may not be able to sustain its growth and challenge the U.S. He also notes that the U.S. has shown remarkable adaptability and resilience throughout its history, and that it still enjoys a soft power advantage over China in terms of cultural appeal and values. So uh, when you think about it, there's no clear-cut answer as to whether the U.S. is on the verge of losing its superpower status, as different sources may have different opinions and perspectives on this issue. However, it is undeniable that the U.S. faces increasing competition and challenges from China and other actors in the global arena, and that it will need to adapt and innovate to maintain its leadership and influence in the future. Now, in terms of the current state and future of the United States, it is hard to give a definitive answer as to where the direction um, the U.S. is going. However, based on um, simple internet search results that I was able to find, it seems that there are some signs and indicators that suggest that the U.S. is actually facing some serious challenges and risks that could potentially lead to a collapse or at least a major crisis in the near future. Now, some of the signs and indicators are the COVID-19 pandemic, which caused a huge economic and social impact on the U.S., costing over $16 trillion, disrupting millions of lives and businesses and exposing the weaknesses and inequalities of the healthcare system. Now, the U.S. national debt has also reached a record high of over $28 trillion, exceeding the size of the economy and raising concerns about the sustainability and credibility of the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. Also, the U.S. political system has become increasingly polarized, divided, and dysfunctional, with growing mistrust and hostility between different parties, groups, and institutions. The January 6th attack on the Capitol was a shocking example of how far some people are actually willing to go to challenge the legitimacy and authority of the government. We also have to look at the U.S. social fabric has been torn by various conflicts and tensions, such as racial injustice, police brutality, immigration, gun violence, abortion, climate change, and more. These issues have sparked protests, riots, lawsuits, and violence across the country, creating a sense of fear, 
anger, and frustration among many Americans. Now, the U.S. international influence and leadership have been eroded by the rise of other powers such as China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea, who challenged the U.S. interests and values in various regions and domains. The U.S. has also faced criticism and isolation from some of its allies and partners over its foreign policy decisions and actions. Now, these are just some of the signs and indicators that I was able to find on the internet through my search results. Of course, there may be other factors and scenarios that could affect the outcome of the U.S. uh, situation. It is also possible that the U.S. could overcome these challenges and risk with effective solutions and strategies. But ultimately, it also depends on how the U.S. government, society, economy, and people respond to these issues and opportunities in the coming years. So what is the United States doing wrong in the global economy? Here are some possible challenges that the U.S. faces in the global economy. Now, inflation. The U.S. economy has recovered quickly from the pandemic, but the bounce back in demand has stressed supply chains and caused inflation to rise sharply. Inflation erodes the purchasing power of consumer and businesses and makes it harder for the Federal Reserve to maintain price stability and support economic growth. Now, the U.S. inflation rate reached a 39-year high of 6.8% in November of last year, well above the Fed's target of 2%. The Fed responded by raising interest rates four times in 2022 and signaling even more hikes in 2023. But this could also slow down the economy and increase the risk of a recession. Now, geopolitical tensions. Now, the U.S. is also facing increased in competition and conflict with other major powers, such as China and Russia, over trade, technology, security, and human rights issues. The war in Ukraine, which started in February 2022 when Russia invaded Ukraine, has escalated the tensions between the U.S., and its allies and Russia, and has disrupted the global energy markets and supply chains. The U.S. has imposed sanctions on Russia and provided military aid to Ukraine, but this has also provoked retaliation from Moscow and increased the uncertainty and validity in the global economy. The U.S.-China relationship is also fraught with challenges as the two countries clash over trade practices intellectual property rights, cyber attacks, human right abuses, and regional influence. Now, the U.S. has imposed tariffs and restrictions on Chinese goods and companies, while China has retaliated with its own measures and countermeasures. The trade war between the two largest economies in the world has hurt both sides and affected the global growth and stability. So also, um, the U.S. has been a leader and a beneficiary of globalization, which refers to the increasing integration of markets, 
production, and communication across national borders. Now, globalization has enabled the U.S. to access new markets, lower costs, increase innovation, and spread its values and influence around the world. However, globalization has also brought challenges and costs to the U.S., such as increased competition, job losses, income inequality, environmental degradation, and cultural erosion. Some segments of the U.S. society have felt left behind are threatened by globalization and have demanded more protectionism and isolation from their government. The U.S. has also faced criticism and resistance from other countries that accuse it of unfair trade practices, ambitions, or lack of leadership in addressing global issues. The pandemic has also been a major shock to the U.S. and global economy since 2020. The pandemic that caused unprecedented health and humanitarian crises, as well as severe economic disruptions and contractions. The U.S. has been one of the hardest hit countries by the pandemic, with over 50 million cases and over 1 million deaths. The pandemic has also exposed the weakness and inequalities in the U.S. healthcare system, social safety net, education system, and labor market. The U.S. government responded with massive fiscus, fiscal stimulus packages totaling over $6 trillion to support household, businesses, and public services affected by the pandemic. However, these measures have also contributed to higher public debt, inflationary pressures, and political polarization. The pandemic is not over yet, as new variants of the virus continue to emerge and pose challenges to vaccination efforts and public health measures. So with all of this going on and everything, how does the United States regain its respect in the world? Now, one possible way to restore the respect is to renew U.S. democracy and leadership, as suggested by President Joe Biden in a formal article for Foreign Affairs. He argues that the United States should repair and reinvigorate its own democracy, strengthen its alliances and partnerships, protect its economic future, and lead the world in addressing global challenges such as climate change, mass migration, technological disruption, and infectious diseases. He also criticizes President Donald Trump undermining U.S. credibility and influence, abandoning U.S. allies and partners, and turning away from democratic values. Another way that we can possibly restore respect is to reduce the polarization in Congress, which has been growing for decades. The analysis shows that both parties have become ideology, cohesive, and distant from each other, leaving little room for compromise and cooperation on contentious issues. The analysis also traces the historical and demographic factors that have contributed to this polarization, such as the decline of the conservative Democrats and liberal Republicans, 
the rise of Southern Republicans and non-white Democrats, and the increasing alignment of party affiliation, ideology, geography, race, religion, and culture. I mean, this has been going on for so long, and it has never been more apparent to Americans as well as other countries that the United States has become very, very divided, and it's not what democracy is meant to be. This is a country that is is um, built on democracy. There's no reason why we should have our personal feelings inside inside the chambers, and we all just need to work to get along for the betterment of the country, not for ourselves. The third possible way to restore respect is to address the stigma and discrimination that affect various groups in the United States, such as racial minorities, immigrants, women, LGBTQ, and people with disabilities. Now, sociologists compares how these groups respond to stigma and discrimination in the United States, Brazil, and Israel. Now, there is a book that finds that different groups use different strategies to cope with their experiences of exclusion and disrespect, such as emphasizing their individual or collective worth, seeking the recognition from dominant groups or authorities, or challenging the legitimacy of the status quo. If we are to be continue to be a democratic community, a democratic country, it means inclusive of all. Keep your personal beliefs to yourself. You do not have to like everyone, but you do have to respect everyone. These are just some of the possible ways that the United States can go about getting back at respect. Of course, there may be other ways that are, you know, are not covered or haven't spoken about. And there's a lot of things that need to be done. But ultimately, it depends on how the American people and their leaders define respect and what they are willing to do to achieve it. It has to come from everyone, not just one person, and it should be inclusive of everyone. That's all for today. Thanks for listening again to Lose Lips.